So family, there's a game when I was younger we used to play. They called it the telephone game. And see, in the telephone game, normally how the best way to play this game, you would have five to seven players. And what would happen is, is that someone would tell one person that person is a message. The next person would tell the person that just communicated that message to the next person and so on and so on. And by the time it got down to the last person, the message or what was being communicated was not what was actually said in the original sentence. Are you following what I'm saying? Because I'm really saying something really heavy here, family. See, when we look at this thing, this is not sexy, what we're about to talk about next, which is conflict. See, today's episode is entitled, When a Project Manager Attempts to Reduce the Intensity of the Conflict. Again, when a project manager attempts to reduce the intensity of the conflict. Hey, if you're new to the channel, I go by the name of ED for all you smart and intelligent folks out there. Look. That just simply means, Ed, I have a seven-point framework and those seven points, what I plan to do is arrest your attention with these quick seven points. So let's get to work. First point, conflict identification. What does that mean? Project managers have to make sure that they're watching for what? The signs of conflict and being able to recognize even the subtle I call them passive aggressive uh, type of pro approaches. What does that look like, ED? Well, I'll give you an example. You send you send one of your stakeholders a mess uh, a email, and all of a sudden the tone in the email continues to adjust as you guys go back and forth. And they don't want to get on a call. They would rather uh, go back and forth via email because they know that really is not solving anything. All it's doing is taking up your time and their time. But they would rather take up your time and see again. This is a subtle sort of passive aggressive because in actuality, they don't really want to do anything, family. I told you this is going to be hard for you to, to sit through, but I promise you, if you stay to the end, this is worth every bit. If you're trying to be a project manager, if you are a project manager, your head should be going like this, like, man, ED, you nailing this. I know I am, and I, I'm grateful that you're paying attention and watching. Let's work. Point number two, root cause analysis. Mm. Always talk about this. See, a lot of times in projects, when we're leading projects, we do a lot of surface level type uh, analysis. What surface level uh, analysis is, is, is we sweep it under the rug or, or, or uh, we just discard it or we, we put it on our little artifact uh, document, but we don't take action. See, being able to take action and identify, hey, what is going on with this stakeholder and that stakeholder? We need to get in a room, but first let's split them up to find out what is going on. See, that's why I like watching a, a, uh, the, I think it's called Another 48. And what they do is when when they find uh, two people, let's say, for instance, two people uh, allegedly committed a crime. And so what they'll do is they'll split them up and splitting them up. The goal is, number one, is to be at one. Hopefully they're hoping that one would tell on the other. If that doesn't happen, they're hoping that their stories that that each one of them are telling will um, basically be misdirected. What is misdirected? Meaning that what that person was saying is not aligning with the other person was saying. Here's an example. Just to say you and I are walking to the store and all of a sudden we decide to do something that we shouldn't have no business doing and then the cops get involved and, and then we tell the story and I'm like, oh, well, we were driving to the store and then the other person that I'm with, he says or she says, said, oh, no, we were walking to the store. Oh, so you guys' stories are not adding up. 
Something is off here. And that's what the thing about root cause analysis, we have to get deep into what is going on. Is it something happening at home? Is it is it basically a personal problem? Or do you just don't want to be here? If you don't want to be here, you know, we need to find a place where you can be that you can work on. Or are you burnt out? See, a lot of times, family, we forget that when we leave projects, this is not the only project that they're working on. I know we would love to believe that our project was the only one to be all to say all, but this is not the only project that they're working on. And sometimes what we have to do as leaders in project management is to ensure we have to do what I call health checks. So doing a health check will be able to look at the root cause to understand what is actually going on, not what you're telling me. My mentor would always say to me, he would say, he would say, ED, you need to pay attention to what they're not saying. Mm. I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you vibe on that for a minute because family, when you, when you start paying attention to what people are not uh, saying to you, you start developing, I think this is what they call instinct. Okay. You don't like that intuition and being able to have intuition and having that instinct allows you to be proactive versus reactive. Let me move. I'm cooking right now. Uh, Point number three, effective communication. You guys know I love the, the thing, have, being able to have effective communication. And it's a, a art. What is an art? Something that you need to study. Something that you'll never master because there are always going to be different ways to be able to communicate. But project managers have to be skilled communicator ins communicators, ensuring all stakeholders involved have their concerns and their pers perspectives met. Because a lot of times, as you guys know, a, a lot of the frustration comes from the set expectations when you are going over the project charter with the team and you're saying, hey, this is the objective. These are the, these are the high level, um, this is the high level schedule. This is the, the high level scope. We're gonna dig deeper into this. Uh, however, I wanted to give you guys a high level overview and that now we're going to start planning this this actual project out. And a lot of times what will happen is, is that we don't involve all the stakeholders. We don't involve John over in procurement because we're like, we don't need him. Instead of involving John in procurement because you may not know that John may have worked in the application department before he transferred over to the procurement department. He may say, hey, ED, you might want to work with Sarah over there because she may, she may be able to give you some guidance on the ap application. See, family, we have to stop being having tunnel vision in certain areas. I'm not saying tunnel vision is bad, but sometimes it can be when we don't open up the scope to be able to understand that we need to involve more people. And then as, as we understand, as the project starts to develop, and I'm speaking more from a predictive, which is a waterfall approach that we will be able to have a better understanding of who needs to be part of the party and who needs to go sit down and just and just chill out. Let's move on to point number four, conflict escalation management. You know, family, I struggled with this early in my career. And the reason why I struggled with it is because uh, as when you're when you when you get that opportunity to lead your first project, you're super excited and you want, don't want to escalate anything because you, you, you feel ashamed that it's a, um, it looks negative. Like you don't know what you're doing, but family is just the opposite. You see what I love is what I heard. I heard, and I may destroy the quote, so please forgive me. But I, I heard if you, if you don't want to go far, then just basically you don't bring any, bring anybody with you. I think I remixed that in a sense, but the point I'm trying to make family is, is you have to be able to escalate when it's necessary. Now you don't want to do what they say, the, the boy that cried wolf. And then when the actual wolf showed up, then it was too late. So you want to be strategic. You want to ensure that 
when you're looking at your project and these, these, these conflicts keep happening and you've done everything proactive, here's a side note, here's a tip. I got this just for you because I know I got some people that are watching that really enjoy what we're doing here. And I'm, and I, and by the way, I'm so grateful. Uh, I'm, I, I truly am. But I want to give a tip. I want to give some value. I want to over deliver. Is that okay with you? Uh, when you look at, uh, when you look at a project and you are uh, you're having this type of you're having conflicts you're having issues within the project and the stakeholders are refusing to uh to get along so we can move along and you have to escalate let me let me give you this one tip what you want to be able to do is be able to say when you have to escalate these are the solutions that i i did not that i tried that i actually moved through and here's the result Ooh, because see when you have that in place any exceptional leader will be appreciative because now they know that they don't they didn't have to do the thinking for you so then they could work with you more because what what happens a lot of times uh leaders should be developing other leaders so they may they may set it up for you where you will get that aha moment and say oh okay maybe this is how i can attack it and sometimes they will have to step in and stepping in and saying hey we, we're going to get this person off the project because this pro person is not being effective enough this person is not contributing. If they're not contributing, why do we have them here? Let's move on to point number five, negotiation and meditation. Listen, I, I think that's a part that we don't really talk about within project management is having the ability to negotiate. I would even add, uh, besides negotiation and meditation, I would also add persuasion, being able to be persuasive. That's why I think every project manager should have the opportunity to go in sales and do it for a month or two, or even if you don't want to do it, read some sales books, because it's going to be imperative that when you are speaking to uh, your stakeholders, how are you going to get them to be on the same page as you and, and they don't report to you? You know how I'm going to tell you how you do that. You have to be just as committed or even more. You have to go above and beyond or even more than what they're doing because then they'll see your value. They say, oh, this person, he, he's, he wants to get into the fight with me. He doesn't want to sit on the sideline and, and, and just dictate what we should be doing. No, he's willing to assist and he's not using. I got in trouble for this last time, so I'm coming back again. So if you're paying attention, you can go ahead and comment again. You gotta have to get in there and and sometimes help your your stakeholders, even though it's not your job, but it's part of your project. And if you're really committed, not interested, you're willing to do what you have to do. So in order you can so you can order to do what you need to do. Let's move on to point number six: conflict resolution strategies. What does that mean? That means I shared with you order, uh, 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 earlier is being able to have the ability to employ a range of strategies sort of like compromise collaboration avoidance accommodation now here's the caveat pay attention to this family because i don't want i don't want to lose you on this this is dependent on the situation there are certain situations that you just cannot collaborate because your stakeholders do not want to set you up for success so you can set them up for success or vice versa. I've seen some project managers that would not set their stakeholders up for success. They would just say, well, it's their job. Just let them figure it out. I'm not, I'm not scheduling that meeting. I'm, I'm not taking any. No, no, they do it. No. So again, family, you have to be cognizant of the situation. And, and I, I hate to say this, but I, I love to say it at the same time because I'm still learning that you're, gonna, you're, you're only going to learn this through wisdom or you're going to learn it through 
other people that have been through it, like myself, like other other project managers. Maybe you've been through it on a personal level and being able to tie that even to a business level because I always say project management is one of those careers and fields that I, you know, I definitely wish more people would jump into because it's such an exciting career to be able to have the abilities. You, you will be shocked that some of the things that you do in your personal life that can transfer over into project management. Let me go on to my point number seven, which is a win-win solution. Hey, listen, I always believe in empowering my team, meaning my the, the my stakeholders, ensuring that they have the the have the benefit to to ensure that we're all saying the same thing. Like breaking up the silos. And when you're in an organization, sometimes people can go back to their bad habits because it's comfortable. So as a as a leader within project management, you got to make them uncomfortable saying, hey, no, you're not going to go on the side and have that silo meeting when this other team needs to be involved. We're going to do this collectively, collaboratively to ensure that it's a win-win solution. That way we can problem solve. So if you come up with a, a proposed solution, we don't got to wait two or three days. We can solve it in real time. And that's why I love being able to, to collaborate. But before I go, family, I got one last thing. Point number eight. I know a lot of people uh, don't do this. You know why I know? Because if I, I've asked for this document, but there was an organization that I worked at where they actually did this. They actually kept a running report um, and they didn't share it with everyone. They only shared it with the project manager that was going to be leading, leading a certain project that had those stakeholders. And what this is called is a conflict documentation. What is that? It's a record of conflicts and resolutions. Basically, I like to call it my lessons learned conflict documentation. Ooh, I like that. Let me tell you why I like that. I like it because now you have an understanding of who's you're dealing with and how it was handled, whether in the past, present, or how it can, and so that way it can be handled in the future. This basically allows for to uh, prevent, or I should say, meet conflicts head on. Hey, family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I've been your boy ED. Until next time, you know my slogan. I'm out.